0: contrary to popular belief, men are not thriving. The patriarchy and privilege are fairy tales that are used by the left to keep men down and promote other protected classes. The reality for men is much darker. Men are most likely to live at home later in life. They earn less money than women when they do the same job. The pay gap is a fallacy and it was actually disproved way back in the 1970s they're more likely to commit suicide they're more likely to go to uh, go to or graduate from college or less likely to graduate from college or go to college they're more likely to have drug problems they're more likely to commit or be the victim of violent crimes all these are beginning to take a toll on men they are more likely to suffer from depression Testarone, testosterone and sperm levels are way down in younger men they're more likely to die of From cancer, heart attacks, and strokes. And they're more likely to be mass murders. Let's talk about how we fix it, what the problem is, and how we fix it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, we're on our third and final episode. Thank gosh, it's been a kind of a quiet news week, or I may never have actually gotten through this. In the first day, we talked about the actual stories of the mass shootings that happened in Dayton, Ohio, and El Paso, Texas. Uh, what is not been mentioned a lot, there was actually an, another attempted uh, mass shooting. I believe it was in Dallas, and somebody was arrested at a Walmart yesterday, Uh, carrying a fully loaded rifle and wearing a complete, uh, complete military outfit. Uh, So he was arrested. He never did anything. uh, And some people seem to think that he was just joking around, which I don't see how that's funny. Then in Garden Grove, California, another man went on an absolute rampage, killing four and uh, injuring six. This guy was carrying a knife, a parent gang member, huge crime, a lot of crime on his record, wasn't a good guy, but they picked him up. So just more now than ever we need to actually take a look at what's going on in our society. Now in the last podcast I gave you the uh, I gave you the seven pillars of society. It's actually called the seven Pillars of civilization. and they are po- politics or government, economics, education, Family, religion, media, and arts and entertainment, and we talked about. Uh, yes, you could add a couple more there. For example, a lot of people would say law, but that's actually government uh, or politics. Um, we could have added healthcare, but really healthcare is relatively new, so you really you don't need healthcare. Is healthcare is not a pillar of society. But now we're going to take a look at a couple of these pillars and discuss what's so bad about them because they are they are really crumbling and they are causing a lot of problem they're causing a lot of disconnect with younger men and these are men from the generation from uh, generation z and the millennial generations these guys are having a hard time coping and dealing with things and as you you heard in me, my beginning my beginning monologue all everything i said is absolutely true men are not thriving anymore So, the first area we need to, the first thing we need to do when we actually go over these problems, we need to understand that these pillars interact with each other. For example, I'm not going to talk about a lot about government and economics, though government and economics do actually influence all of the pillars, and they are still influencing all of the pillars. Um, Education system. It also influences the family and vice versa. Religion is heavily influenced by the family. And as we go through, go now and look at it now, politics is influencing religion. So we have a lot, there's a lot of influence between each. So as I go, you may hear, I'm going to actually talk about some of these different areas. But first we need to go with the big one. We need to go with family. Uh... This pillar has just basically almost been disintegrated. A family is defined as a mother, a father, and children. Grandparents and other relatives <coughs> Excuse me. Grandparents and other relatives are great, but these people don't have the same effect or influence on children as parents and uh, as parents do. And it's very important that a parents actually be a father and a mother? Because uh, children, no matter what the sex, they actually can use both. They use both parents. Now, when I was young, I was really lucky. I was lucky enough to have a mother and a father, and they were heavily involved in my life. Uh, they did something absolutely wild. They set boundaries. My mother taught me how to take care of myself and my environment. Yeah, She made me take a bath, and she made me uh, clean my room. Uh, I learned to do laundry. I learned to cook. I learned about personal hygiene, uh, all the everything that she taught me. She even taught me how to tie a necktie. I mean she really did teach me quite a bit. My father taught me how to be a man. He taught me about chivalry. I you know open a door for a woman, pay for a dinner when we're on a date. Uh, He taught me sportsmanship. He taught me the value of winning and the value of losing. That's going to be important a little bit later on. And the importance of an education and getting a good job so that I could raise my own family. He also taught me how to control my animal instincts, which, when young, can get out of control, if you can well imagine. Uh, If I smacked my sister... That was bad. As a matter of fact, it was far worse if I smacked my sister than if my sister smacked me. And I got twice the punishment. So if my sister walked up and gave me a slap, oh, she might be told to knock it off, maybe get sent to her room. I slapped my sister, I got a spanking. Okay. And that is because smacking my sister is an act of violence that my father, especially my father, didn't want me to get into the habit of young He wanted me always to understand that my sister was a young lady, and I was a young man. And eventually, I was going to get older, I'm going to get bigger, I'm going to get stronger. Both taught me about the importance of God and morality. This is where the family has actually influenced the religious pillar for me. Uh, They made me go to church. They made me memorize. They sent me to Catholic school. They made me memorize my prayers. I'll tell you, one day I genuflected on the long wrong leg. You have to genuflect, and basically genuflect is you touch a knee to the ground, and then you stand back up. One knee to the ground. Well, that knee is the right knee. I genuflected with the left knee one day in church. Guess what my mom did? I got home, and I had to genuflect 100 times to make sure I never forgot to on which knee to genuflect on. They both taught me about the importance of education and never let me slip into accepting anything but my best in myself. I had a real hard time reading, and that wasn't true, I just didn't like to read. My mom made me sit half hour every night and read out loud. Well, that worked. Look at I right now I have a degree in English literature. I read 2 to 3 books a month. I write constantly, My I blog, I'm writing a book. So apparently, my mom taught me how to love what I do. Um, they limited how much time I played on, uh, played video games or watched TV. They did something wild and crazy. They made me go outside. These two actually made me what I am today both of them influenced me, I can think of things both of them did to help me, which at the time I may have been really angry about, but now I look back and think to myself, you know, thank you very much for what you did. Today, the family is all but disintegrated. Over 50% of children are born to parents that are out of wedlock. And by, I believe the, st- the standard is between 56 and 60%. The number is over 70% with minority families, and it's been accepted by society. It seems like it's okay. A lot of children do not have relationships with their fathers. The single parent uh, home is with the mother, who must work all the time. How do the kids pass the time? Playing video games, texting friends, or cruising on social media. These These three are also just absolute nightmares in our society. Families set boundaries. They set moral boundaries. They set physical boundaries. They set uh, uh, boundaries and responsibility. If there is no family, there is no one setting those boundaries. The education system is helping to disintegrate the family. We're going to talk about that in a second. But when you have a kid who's 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 already... socially awkward. Not having boundaries or not having someone teach that individual how to grow up and what is right and what is wrong can only lead to disaster. And for the most part, it has. Um, Boys have it especially tough. They have tons of testosterone cruising through them. Half the time, they don't realize how strong they actually are And then they start, you know, beating people up. They're already insane. They don't mature as quick as girls do. They need to learn to be men. Boys can't just grow up and be men. It doesn't work that way. They have to learn it. And they can't learn it from a mother. A father is really, really important. They need to learn chivalry and ways to control their impulses. Unfortunately, most of our boys don't ever learn any of that stuff, and they don't control, end up controlling anything. Just like I learned that if I hit my sister, I can hurt her, these boys never learned that their actions can severely hurt those that they love. The education system also leaves a little bit, leaves something to be desired. It's become leftist indoctrination. That's all it is. Math, reading, writing, science have been replaced by gender studies, climate change, and social justice. What's worse, these schools undermine the parents. They teach that the students have these inalienable rights like an adult and that they should report their parents of child abuse whenever they're disciplined. There was, there was a time when I did something wrong, I'd say I'm sorry to my father or my mother. Today it's, you have no right to do that. Parents have become impotent in the lives of their children. We are not even allowed to teach them about, mora- about their own morality. We can't tell the schools, I don't want my kid to have that kind of sex education. Done are the days where I can tell my kids that same-sex se- same marriage is a sin. Done are the days I can tell our kids that transgender girl is actually a boy. Done are the days that uh, parents can tell a child that sex should not be had until marriage and that abortion is wrong. We just can't do that anymore. As a matter of fact, kids, uh, Josie's kids, they come into the car, they tell us all this stuff about little boys that walk into the girls restroom because they ca- they're calling themselves little girls. They tell us about climate change and how terrible it is and then they prove it by having some other 14-year-old sitting there and just making emotional pleas. There's absolute with no evidence that there's climate change. Self-esteem is one of the biggest problems that schools have because they believe in self-esteem. They believe in that over teaching children anything else. Math is hard. So, hey, if you learn math or you don't understand math, that's bad for your self-esteem. They'll get a C anyway. This is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. And we're going to get more into that later because it's not just the schools that are doing this. Schools, all the way through college, discourage family. They discourage Judeo-Christian principles, religion, and patriotism. They encourage victimhood, leftist principles, and they push that self-esteem. Schools are teaching our boys, again, especially white boys, that they are bad. They have this toxic masculinity, And that girls are the future because they were victimized in the past. Way in the past, by the way. Women have been able to vote for 100 years. Why why do I keep pointing to boys? I just want a reminder. The reason I'm concentrating on boys is because it's the boys that are actually suffering right now. It's the boys that become the mass shooters. You don't see a female mass shooter. So let's understand that. I am concentrating on boys, and that's not because I'm a man. All right, I'd never commit mass shooting. It's just why are boys today, 21, 24 year olds? The other kid was 19 years old. Why are they doing it? Well, it's this garbage here. They tell the, they tell, uh, they're told about how boys have oppressed everybody and how the girls have and the boys have privilege. This I've never understood. This privilege thing, this patriarchy thing. I seem to remember I've worked for everything I've had. I don't make decent money because I'm privileged. I don't make decent money because of the patriarchy. I make decent money and I have a good career because I worked at it. I worked hard. And damn anyone who sits there and says, well, I have privilege and I have... I have um, privilege and uh, the patriarchy is helping me out. But our our youth don't know that. They don't have that. They're raised in this way. And they can't get out of it. So right off the bat, you have two pillars that are absolutely killing each other. The education system and the family are just destroying each other. And likewise the family, lack of a family, and the absolute disgust of religion, it's what's preventing children, what's preventing our youth from actually embracing true morality. Religion is, again, suffering a slow and painful death to the delight of the left. Like I said on Tuesday, law and morality are two completely different things. The government has nothing to do With the morality of religion, and the morality of religion has nothing to do with rights. Law defines acceptable behavior within a society. Morality defines, or tries to define, the absolute rights and wrongs. Religion defines the morality that a person must have. Murder, rape, stealing, unrestrained sex, drug use, adultery, racism, bigotry, and greed are all examples of immoral acts. Thousands of years of civilization have already taught us a lot of these. Not just religion. We knew about this before there was religion. But religion continues to remind us and gives us reason to live a good moral life. It gives life meaning and purpose. It explains why there is chaos and why bad things happen to good people. When my son died a couple of years ago, it was God that pulled me through it. And it. I'm still suffering with it, but I'm a lot better today than I am. Half the reason I do this podcast is not because of the pain and misery of my son's death, and then I can sit here and I can bitch about it. But I do now. I Now I am in a better place, and that's why I'm doing the podcast. Because I've seen death, and that death is something that, wow, we're all going to die. And what am I stopping for? Why can't I just do what I want to do? And that's why I decided to do this. I never thought I'd I'd be talking in front of a microphone. I thought I'd be scared to death to do it. But see, that's the beauty of religion. That's the beauty of... And I'm Catholic, but it's all religion. Uh, uh, Judaism is the same way. Islam is the same way. They give life meaning. They give life purpose. And our children see that religion is being pissed on by the media, being pissed on by uh, the entertainment industry and art industry, being pissed on by education, being pissed on by politics, by the left. Even laws are pushing religion out of our lives. And the fact that our family, again, the reason I am a Catholic, the reason I understand Catholicism, I had parents who taught me this stuff. Then they made me go to a school, then they, uh, which which uh, private school, which uh, for Catholic teaching, and then they made me go to church. So this was part of my life. This was no different than my legs. Children today, they don't have any belief system, and they don't. They just see life as life and, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, hey, here we go. We're just living day in, day out. Their lives don't have purpose. Their lives don't have meaning. It isolates them. They don't see the bigger picture and they'll never learn the bigger picture. Religion actually does that. And without religion, it's a killer. And the left doesn't care. The left wants the government to be religion, just like Russia, just like uh, just like North Korea, just like Cuba. Heck, there's a reason Lenin is is not even buried, is interned in a glass in a glass case, so that all can see. I mean, the guy's been dead for a hundred years, yet oh, you can go see him at any time because the Soviet Union saw Lenin as a god. It's the same thing with Hugo Chavez. He was, he was not, never buried, but he was in cast in a glass tomb. Why? So people could see their God. That's what the left wants you to celebrate. They want you to celebrate government. It's terrible. Because religion offers our youth so much more than anything the government could give. Now, of course, there are other things like economics. Can actually affect. So let's not forget the the other pillars. I've mentioned. uh, I've mentioned three pillars here. Uh, The other pillars too are also very important. Uh, Economics can be very hard. Economics is going to be a big thing because the future is going to be really tough to get a job. I mean, everything's going to be automated. Uh, they suspect that if we raise uh, minimum wage to $15 an hour, uh, 3.7 million jobs could be lost. New York is already experiencing that. It's going to be a lot harder to get a career. People are going to have to learn something. And so we have, we have a very un- un- unstable economic future. Um, arts and entertainment, the media... These guys just keep beating the same drum. The hate for anything on the right. Uh, They push uh, casual sex. Uh, The art, art industry and entertainment industry. Push casual sex. Hey, don't worry about it. Just do it. I mean, I can probably name you 500 movies that sit back and just make it that relationships aren't that important. Same with the media. The media actually pushes the narrative of the left see here's the here's this dirty little secret the schools indoctrinate the kids the news media shows them examples of how the indoctrination works is right okay and the art and entertainment industry bring the indoctrination and emotional, bring it to an emotional place. So not only have I been taught that abortion is okay, not only is the media showing me that abortion is okay, and that's just an example, by the way. I don't think the media does that as much, but not only is the media saying, showing me examples of how abortion is okay, then the entertainment industry and the art industry Makes me feel for those people who need abortions. It's it's egregious. It's terrible how that works. Finally, there's one more thing. It's this self-esteem thing. Now, let me explain something. When I was a kid, uh, and I I was playing baseball. I loved baseball. I wasn't very good at it. Started very late. And this was a time that you just didn't automatically get on a team. You actually had to try out. So the tryouts only had three parts to it. Uh, distance, how far could you throw. Batting, could you hit the ball. And running. Now, the batting and the running thing were not a big deal. If you got to bat, you were already going to be picked on a team. And running around the base is big deal. But the throwing was an issue. You had to throw 10 feet per age. Uh, what was it? Yeah, 10 feet per your your ear, your youth. So if I, I was 10 years old, I had to throw um, like 100 feet or something like Maybe it was more than that. I, I can't remember what it was. But it was basically I needed to throw it to all the way across the diamond. So I needed to be able to throw the ball into the outfield. Well, since I didn't have a lot of experience with um, baseball, I didn't really know how to throw. And I didn't throw like a girl, but I didn't throw, I didn't really have a strong arm. I went out there, I threw it, I was short. I got three attempts to make it, and I, I failed after five attempts. They said, I'm sorry, you didn't make the cut. I didn't make the baseball team. And it wasn't like there was a, a another team I could go on. That was it. I was done. There was no baseball for me. So, this really upset me. And I decided, okay, I I was really upset. I cried. It was terrible. My dad said, don't worry about it. You'll have next year. This is, this is fine. You have a full year to prep. And you know what I did? That's exactly what I did. Is I prepped. I was outside every day throwing a ball against the house. It must have driven my mom nuts. Because I was throwing against the wall below where she actually sat. All through baseball season, I was just throwing the ball throwing the ball, throwing the ball. The next year tried out I threw the ball and I passed I passed that and it was I had to throw it further because I was a year older but I threw that ball so far past that limit it was not even a, a, a deal. And thank God I could throw that ball because I couldn't hit the side. I couldn't hit that ball for anything. I actually think I foul tipped it once. So I ended up on a team. I got better. I had great coaches. And uh, a year later, I ended up on the all-star team. I ended up on the district all-star team, and I was still a crappy baseball player. I, I never was a very good baseball player. But here's the point: the point was, you have to work. Failure is not a bad thing. Failure is a good thing. And self-esteem is not something that someone gives you. It's something you earn. And this is the problem we're having in our society is self-esteem is something that it's like cocaine. A kid wants a shot of self-esteem. You did crappy on your math test, but I'm going to give you a B anyway. They get that shot of self-esteem And just like cocaine, it goes right through your system and then you're right back to where you were before. Do you know what builds self-esteem? Accomplishment. Talent, talent, work, skills, more work equals accomplishment, which equals self-esteem. Our kids don't get any of that. I make fun of the, tro- we are in the trophy generation. Everybody gets a trophy. Heck, when I was running in high school, you didn't get a trophy, you didn't get a medal unless you finished in the top three of your division or overall. You didn't get a medal. You got your t-shirt. That's about it. Now, for me, I love getting medals, so I, I that's great, but I don't expect to win. It's just basically an accomplishment for me. I've already won medals. I have no problem with it. When I played soccer, you did not get a trophy at the end of the year. When I played baseball, you did not get a trophy at the end of the year unless you finished in the top of the group. That year that I actually made the all-star team, I was 12 years old. I never got a trophy. I got a medal because we finished third in three tournaments. I got the uniform because it was an all-star uniform. It was awesome. I was thrilled. I wore that cap for years after that. But that's accomplishment. And we don't teach our kids any of that. And then our schools, our families, they're not arming our kids. Okay, maybe that's not a great word to use, but we're not arming our kids for success. We're not teaching our kids. You know what? It takes hard work. It takes very hard work to be successful. You're going to fail at something hundreds of times before you're successful, and eventually you're going to have the skill to be successful, and it's going to be the most beautiful thing in the world. Our kids don't understand that. There's a great story. I'm actually probably going to bring this story up later when I do a book review because I've got a couple books I want to review, but there's a great story. Um, Man is inside of a uh, French restaurant, He's sitting back, he's drinking his coffee, and he pulls uh, pulls out a pencil and he starts sketching on a napkin. He drinks his coffee, he finishes his coffee, and he's about to leave, goes in, um, crumples up the piece of paper, and a woman sits there and says, sir, sir, can I have that sketch you just did? The man takes the sketch, he opens it up, he looks at it, and he says sure you can you can have this sketch that'll be ten thousand dollars the woman looked at him like ten thousand dollars but it took you you were gonna throw it away it took you five minutes to sketch that he said no ma'am it didn't take me five minutes it took me 35 years then pablo picasso walked out of the restaurant and put the paper put the napkin in his pocket what did he mean then? What Pablo Picasso, what the story meant, I don't know if the story's true or not, I just thought it was an awesome story, and I got it from I either got it from uh Angie Duckworth's book Grit or Mark Madsen's book The Subtle Art of Not Giving a, a F. I think it was Mark Madsen's book, but it it was a fantastic story. I'll never forget that story. But see, that's the whole thing. Failure is not bad. Failure is developing skill. And our institutions do not teach kids how to fail. Hey, I was in college. I got a D in an English class in college. Really Bent me out of shape because I thought it was a great... And it was stupid why I got a D. I I basically translated... I basically wrote a paper and my quotes were in the wrong language. They were in English instead of Old English. Stupid as it sounds, but I would have had about a 3.9 GPA if I had not gotten a D in that class. If I had gotten a B or even a C. But see, the point is, it's about failure. That's how you learn. And I can tell you in my life, my life... I have failed over and over and over and over again, and I can sit back and point to those failures and say, you see why I do that now? That's because I did this wrong thousands of times and it was pointed out and I finally got it. I carve. I carve wood. I love carving in wood. I'm not very good at it. But you know what I do? I do it every day. Do you know how much wood I have here waiting to be carved? Do you know how many times I have failed? How much wood I've actually thrown away? I can't even tell you. I've even thought about starting other projects. But then I realized, no, no, no. I I want to carve uh, people, little people. And I haven't mastered little people. Keep carving little people. And that's what I'm doing. And and that's the whole thing. Failure is not a bad thing. But our kids are taught they can't fail. Okay, Hey, now we've got, we've got bas- I was coaching my daughter's basketball and she did, they don't even keep score. Dude, they're eight years old, nine years old. They can handle losing. They can handle a score. And what a lot of people don't understand is kids want competition, especially little boys. But girls do too. They want competition. These girls are actually keeping score. Of their basketball game. Even though no one else is. And then at the end of the year they get a trophy. My daughter looks at the trophy. Why did I get th- And I told my daughter this. It, that trophy doesn't mean anything. Throw it out. I mean you, you got a trophy for participating. And you didn't even know if you won or lost or anything. It's just stupid. So. With that. With all everything I just told you. What is it we can do. To fix society, this is a harder question than it sounds. The solution's not hard; it just it requires a lot of effort and it requires grassroots, bottom-up effort. Here's the thing: the government, the education system, the religion the system, the religious, um, the religious column. The government, the law, arts and entertainment, and the media are not going to change their narrative. We can't change them. They're not going to change. So what do we have to do? We actually have to start with ourselves. First off, you have kids. Teach your kids. Love your kids. Be positive with your kids. Be hard on your kids. Be disciplined. Discipline those kids. Make them understand. No, no, that's not how things work. If your kids want to sit and debate you, that's fine. They can. No problem. And as they get to adolescence, that's going to be completely normal. But don't let them take control. The household does not need more chiefs they need one or two chiefs and the rest are indians those kids are indians and i i can't tell you how often i actually see this how often i see parents are sitting back and letting their kids run their worlds they can, they won't even go out well oh, the kid needs this and the kid ne-. you know your kid doesn't so that's one control the kids make the kids understand that you are an adult you are to earn respect they are to be respectful because and not just to parents they need to be respectful to all adults two religion there are very few true atheists atheists in the world i just i'm sorry I I do not believe, if you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee you, even if you don't go to church, don't go to synagogue, don't go to mosque, I guarantee you, you are religious in one way or the other. You know what? Start sneaking that in there. You don't have to... I, I don't go to church that often. I read the Bible a lot, but I don't go to church that often. But that doesn't mean you keep it out of your children's lives, because that is important. It is a moral... It is a moral boundary. It sets moral boundaries, and children need to understand these moral boundaries. Because here's the thing: if you aren't lucky enough to get your kid in a charter school, they're going to completely just throw morality in a wood chipper. They don't care about morality anymore. I this, the crap I hear from Josie's kids are just amazing. So. Your children need that moral base. Religion is the best way to give it. Reli- First off, it's not true. The family is the best way to give it. The Religion is the is actually just doubling down on it. And your kids, they need to have an opinion. They need to be strong. And that doesn't mean go in there and say abortion's wrong or I don't believe in same-sex marriage. Don't do that. I'm just saying listen to these people and let them form opinions so that they say, no, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. I mean, you should hear the things I've read about the new sex education in Los Angeles. It's disgusting. I'm sorry, not Los Angeles, California. Uh, Not a shock in California. We're so twisted in the state. I'm from California. We're so twisted in the state. It's not even funny. Your kids, so right off the bat, self-esteem is not given, it's earned. It's earned by accomplishment. And discipline is absolutely 100% necessary. And that discipline means respect and morality, not just law. And that's all very, very important. That's the first two things. The next thing is get the kids off Of their cell phones screens are going to kill children they're already socially awkward but they're never learning anything because they're constantly on their iPhones they're constantly on their iPads they're constantly in front of a video game console maybe they're watching TV get them to understand that life is not behind a screen I don't think there have been numerous studies now that actually show that uh, these screens are actually hurting children, and it may be it may not be long now before these children actually realize before these games, these screens, these the iPhones, the iPads, the you may not be able to be able to own one until you're 18. Well, don't give it to them. And parents, be engaged. Be engaged. Let's just say, well, let's just say you're a single mother or a single father. What do you do then? right? Because maybe it's not parents. Like I had just said, if it's minorities are, are in the, the late 70s as far as um, single family homes, everybody is well, close to sixty percent. Let's say you're single. Well, then get your kid to go in and join a sport, join something. So if you, you're a single mother and you have a little boy, have him join a sport. Have him join a, 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 a sport where they can he can work with other kids. Hopefully some sort of coach that ends up being a father figure. That'd be great, too. Because here's the secret. Sports are great for kids. Sports are absolutely great for kids. Especially with a coach. A great coach. A coach that teaches these kids. A coach that really emboldens a kid. That motivates kids. Find that coach. Find that team. Talk to other parents. Figure out where and likewise if you have a, if you're a single father it's the same thing find something that he can do that allows him to integrate with other people our kids are not socialized anymore i remember i i drove my kid i drove my kid on a date it was my son before he died he was young he was 14 15 big mistake by the way don't let your kid date at 14 15 let him focus on what's important but I drove him to date and he and his girlfriend were sitting back and typing on their phones the entire time. Why did I waste my time taking you on this date and all you're going to do is text message someone else? Put the bloody phone down and talk to your date. And tell your date, put your bloody phone down and talk to me. This is important stuff. Social. This is socialization. And people need to socialize. And the reality is, Yes, they could get hurt. You know what? Getting hurt is okay. You could get bullied. You know, bullying is not... I was bullied. Everyone's bullied. I was bullied. I was the bully. It happens. I remember a kid I bullied. I bullied. I I didn't really bully him. It wasn't like it was a constant thing. He pissed me off one day and I just ran out. But this kid was half my size. I had no business doing it. When I met him at a 10-year high school reunion and I said, you know what? I did some really crappy things. I'm so sorry. And he said, you know something? It made me a better person. Look at me now. He goes, you were bullied too. Look at these all oh, these other people who, who were the bullies. They're doing nothing anymore. So bullying does make you strong. It's wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's wrong. And I think bullying today is brutal. But it it's it's part of growing up. Kids bully. I got some bad news for you. There was talk a couple of years ago making bullying against the law. Oh yeah, that's gonna work out. That's a good idea. Kids bully. They don't think there's no consequence with kids. That's just the way kids are. Why? <laughs> I just I just yeah. I don't I don't, I don't get it. But the bullying thing. The last thing, a lot of times, the best thing for a kid to deal with a bully, unless it's a girl, again, I'm chivalrous, so if a guy is bullying my daughter or another girl is bullying my daughter, though my daughters never got bullied because they'd take it out and then my son was there, he'd do it, but bullying is just part of growing up. Kids are mean. Get over it. I mean, I, that's what I told my kids. Okay, you're being bullied? Okay. What do you want me to do? Is it bad? You're getting threatened? What's what's the story? I think bullying today, I don't understand it too much, might be worse because of the screens, because we can text message, because we've got social media. One of the reasons I'm so much more relaxed this week, and I'm I'm having a lot of fun with this podcast, and it's already 15 minutes over what I was going to do, is because I didn't bother going on Twitter. I haven't been on Twitter this week. I, I go in, I check it. Anyone is, is messages me, yeah, I'll answer it. But I, I just, I don't rely on the social media and these kids today just don't get it. They can't separate themselves from social media. No kid under 18 should be on social media in the first place. I, I truly believe this and the reason I believe this and, and, and the social media, they sit back and they say, oh, well, we try and prevent kids. They don't. it Because social media it makes it out like these kids are being social. They're not. Social is what I'm going to do with my girlfriend tonight. Take her dancing. Take her to dinner. Take her to a movie. Take her to the casino where we're actually together talking. And you know something? When, when Josie and I go out, Josie and I actually do not cruise on our phones. She has to have her phone because she has kids. I have my phone because my father's older, and I just you just never know. But we don't we spend more time talking about things, about our problems, about the great things, how she did at work. Fun stuff. I just I think kids need to learn how to socialize before they start using the um, the screens to communicate with other people, not to mention selfies are a disaster. I've never understood the selfie. You will never see a selfie. I still have not fixed my website where my picture is there. I have not set that up yet. And I'm probably, yeah, I'm going to have to eventually, but I'm trying to figure out what kind of picture I want to put on there. But this, in, in, in conclusion, this all has to be done from the individual, from the individual family. It cannot be done from the government no one these institutions aren't going to help they don't want to help they want to train you into a type of group think you need to teach we need to teach our children the right way and one at a time one at a time we can raise good kids and if we raise these kids right i'm pretty sure these kids, they're not going to end up bringing a AR-15 to school and start shooting people. I think that's how we do it. I would love to hear your comments. I'm sorry I went a little long. I would love to hear your comments. You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool. R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkinpolitics.com. This podcast will be... I have written an article that uh, correlates with this podcast. Um, I have not finished actually writing the the, the article. If you can't tell, I did not use notes. I just spoke from the heart. Uh, You can download or listen to this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and uh, YouTube. This is Gene. Have a fantastic weekend, and you've listened to Dumbasses (laughs) Talking Politics.